Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One way we do that is through our websites. I am so proud of our web teams at Clark.com, where the whole goal is to give you unbiased advice and information you can trust to make smart decisions with your wallet. And we do it in so many areas, areas that in the noise of life are really hard to make good decisions about uh, applying for credit, insurance, streaming TV, cell phones, cars, you name it. And I'm just so proud of the wonderful journalism we have, a word that is overused and underappreciated today where you do thorough research so that the information that is provided to you is information that you know is written with integrity and that you can trust it and use it in your life. And that's what we're about at Clark.com. Clark Deals is our website where we post deals because we believe they're the best deals. The, the, sordid truth about deal sites usually is that what you see there are all advertorials they're paid to post those items we don't do that we post things that we think are a great deal for your wallet i do not want to waste your time i want to help you save money so school's in session and i was at college night at my son's high school and the college counselors are talking about the elements that your kid's going to be evaluated by colleges and I took a picture of it because I thought it was really interesting then I wanted to talk about the things that they said that is supposed to be doing um that what they refer to as your activities resume is one of the key things that colleges are looking at. And then they started naming activities. And they were like, what clubs you're a member of at school, what sports you play, uh, what uh, volunteer activities you do outside of school. And I'm listening, and I'm listening, I'm waiting for it. What did I never hear? Work. (laughs) Work. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Work. I'm not picking on the college counselors at my son's school. It's this idea that work is no longer something that is top of mind For high school students, I mean, having a job 
is the school of life. You learn so much at it. I don't care if you go to college or don't go to college. Work in high school is intensely valuable. Learning responsibility, learning that being up on time and being somewhere on time is not just busy work. There's an actual reason why you're supposed to do that. I mean, the responsibility that comes with a job. I think about how much I learned. I mean, I grew up in an era before child labor laws were in force. I had my first job in a warehouse at 11. That's too young to be in a job like that. But all I ever knew was working as a kid. And there were times I worked too much because I was kind of an indifferent student. But anyway, that's a different issue for a different time. But it's great for your kid to be involved in all these other things. But I think that work is a fundamental important thing. And I know that a lot of people have disagreed with me so much that I required each of my three kids to have a real job, meaning one that you get traditional paycheck while they were 15, that that was when they were expected because they could do other things before they were 15. But I expected them at a regular workplace when they were 15. And not every place will hire 15-year-olds. I remember my oldest got a job at a place he had to be 17, and they needed workers so badly that they just changed her application to show she was 17 when she was 15. And so she was working in a bar restaurant at 15. But she she learned a lot from that job. So I think that work is really, really key and important for our kids. Not too much. I mean, there's arguments about is 15 hours a week right in high school is a ceiling. Is 20 right? I'd say more than 20. It really does start interfering with kids' sleep, their ability to do their schoolwork. But the advantage of working is just priceless. And in the summers as well, obviously, I think work is something teenagers should be doing. And I don't know what percent, but it seems like most teenagers now don't even work in the summer. They're at enrichment activities, whatever that means. So our son will have plenty of other things. He's done sports and he's been involved in clubs and activities. He'll have that stuff. He already has it. But my goodness, he'll also have work. And then Christy's got the unusual thing in that I know it freaks you out that he's a pilot. It's amazing. I'm just so impressed. I can't imagine having just the maturity that it takes to do what he's been doing with this pilot training. It's but the think about Think about our listeners in Alaska. Their kids learn to fly before they learn to drive. Because <laughs> yeah. if you live outside Anchorage or Fairbanks, the way you get around is you fly, and those kids are flying at young ages in very difficult conditions, and they're flying float planes, which you'd think would be easier to fly, but those are hard to land, to land a float plane. And think of the weather and the mountains and everything. So you're sending your kid off at a very young age in an airplane flying. You wouldn't do that. 
If I live there, I guess I would. <laughs> All right. You want to go to some questions? Sure. This is from David in Ohio. My 18-year-old son isn't interested in college at this point, so he's got an entry-level job and is living at home. We're charging him a few hundred per month for rent, but we intend to set that money aside to give to him when he eventually is ready to go out on his own, hopefully in a couple of years at most. We don't want him to know that, or he wouldn't take painting rent seriously. My plan is to put half in I-bonds and half in a total market index fund. My question is, what is the best way to set up an account for the index fund? Since he's 18, I can't open a custodial account. Should I just put it in my name and then transfer the securities to him in the future? Yeah, that would be a taxable event for you. That would be a problem. This is tough. The rent he's paying, you'd be under the max for the I-bonds, which is ten grand. i just do the I-bonds. They're earning such a high rate of interest right now. Long term, he'd be much better served by you doing the index fund. But that's a problem right now. I, I, I just wouldn't do the index fund because of the reasons you stated that you want your teenager to to think the rent is the real deal and not money that you're putting aside for his future. So put it aside in the I-bonds. They grow for up to 30 years free of tax, and it's money sitting there to be a benefit for him later. This is from Paul in Pennsylvania. I'm looking to ship my car across the country. Any advice on getting quantity while keeping costs down? I think you meant quality. Yeah. Paul... I've done this before, and I know several people have done it, and over and over again, people have had the best results using uship.com, the letter uship.com. They are kind of like an eBay for car shipping and uh, shipping of other things as well, but cars is a big part of the business they do. And what happens is you put the job in that you're sending a car from Pennsylvania to wherever, the time period that's acceptable for it to go, time period is acceptable for it to arrive. And what you'll get is it's a reverse eBay in that over uh, the period of time you open up the auction, usually a week is what people will most often do, the prices will go down from various bidders, typically not up over that time period. But you can read the reviews, and the reviews are really important because you mess up somebody's car, they're going to post that review. They are weeks late with delivering the car. People are going to post that. So read the reviews for different, uh, different companies that move the vehicles across the country. And there were shippers that I could have used. I was moving a vehicle coast to coast. And there were companies I could have used that were much cheaper than who I used. The reason I used who I picked was the reviews were so positive. And I read them. I didn't just look at stars. I read them. And they did a fantastic job moving the vehicle and picked it up exactly when they said they would, delivered it in perfect condition exactly when they said they would do that. So again, you ship com the letter u not y-o-u and from daniel in arkansas what is the best way to eliminate fraudulent items on your credit reports fraudulent items any more information that than that fraudulent items so i don't know daniel 
exactly what you're referring to, but if you mean incorrect items on your report, there's what the credit bureaus say and then what you really have to do. So what you do is you dispute the items on your report, which triggers a 30-day period. All the credit bureaus do, supposedly under the statute, they're supposed to investigate your dispute. They don't do that at all. They do no investigation. All they do is send an electronic transmittal to whoever it is who put the bad information about you on your credit report. And then they wait to hear back from them. And if the credit grantor who put the negative information about you on the report says, yep, that's all valid, they just send it right back. And the credit bureau washes their hands of it and says they completed the investigation, which there was no investigation. What you use the 30-day period for is the item will temporarily be removed from your report. And during that investigative period, you're all over whoever put that negative information about you. Your main effort is to have disputed it, and then everything else is contacting that organization that put the, as you called it, fraudulent information about you on the report. So it's up to you to be very assertive with them. Now, if you have provided information, they're still not behaving, what do you do next? Generally, if it's just really, really harming you, you consider suing whoever it is who put knowingly false information about you or that you can demonstrate positively proof that the information is false, you would sue them against it. But hopefully and generally, if you really make a fuss with the organization that's putting the false information about you there, they will remove it because most people just are very meek and don't fight. If you're a fighter, That will help. The other thing you do is if the credit bureau refuses to research information that you provide to them where they're not doing a real investigation, file a complaint against the credit bureau or if it needs to be all three, all three at consumerfinance.gov. The credit bureau then is going to actually give it to not an outside contractor and who knows what country overseas. It will actually go to what they call typically at companies an executive team, which is actually people that are their employees, to look through the issue you've had and the complaint you've had. But it all starts with you having proper documentation and disputing with the organization at the same time you have put in the formal dispute with the credit bureau. Let me know, Daniel, if you're able to be successful with any of these steps. And coming up next, there's something that I talk about normally in January every year, but I'm going to talk about it right now, an unusual time to do so. I'm going to talk about gem memberships. I've already talked about how home gem equipment is so inexpensive right now, it's crazy. Because in 20 and 21, People were buying home gym equipment like mad. Think about one of the hottest pandemic stocks was Peloton. Now, Peloton is in terrible, terrible difficulties because 
Nobody wants any home equipment now. People want to be back out and about again. And gyms that held on by their fingertips, a lot of them closed because of the decline in memberships in 20 and 21. Some are still closing right now because the financial hole they found themselves in was so deep. But people now are rediscovering gyms at a time of year that people don't join gyms because people crave being with other people and working out at home in our own basement or whatever. I mean, that got old. People want to be around others. Well, most of us do. Anyway, so gym membership interest is much higher right now. And I want you to be extra, extra, extra careful. In fact, I don't want you to do it. Any gym that offers you a multi-year deal if you pay cash up front. That means they're short of money. They're trying to keep the doors open. And you're going to lose that money if the gym folds under most state laws. So don't get involved in any of these cash up front deals. And gyms now vary so much in quality. Marketeers talk about the buckets have way spread out. There used to be like a general price zone for gym memberships. And this goes all the way back to the Great Recession from 7 to 12 that gym memberships really changed. And the era of the no-frills gym membership came alive. Nobody's been more successful with that than Planet Fitness. And they operate generally clean, simple facilities that the equipment generally is well-maintained. It could be a location that's not, but the base membership is 10 a month. $10. You can have a fancy membership that typically is uh, with junk fees about 25 a month. I think that's so funny because in all the major markets in the country, there are now these premium gems that the memberships start, the base memberships start at $250 a month. Not kidding. $250 a month. <laughs> wow. And yeah, they're really fancy and the lockers have mahogany and whatever. I was a Planet Fitness member for years. And the locker rooms uh, at the locations I went to were clean. I was on the ultra premium membership, so I could go anywhere I was in the country, I could go. And the locker rooms never was in a dirty locker room. They were very, very, very basic. And the gym floor, very basic. And... There are others that do this same thing. So if the deal is you're looking for a place to work out, it doesn't have to be a lot of money. If you're looking for a place that's like your private club, you can go do that. There's a chain that I think is big in the Northeast called Equinox, I think is how you say it, that is very, very, very elegant. It has those very expensive prices and there's one that has been opening up locations around the country that is a lifestyle brand and has like places with apartments and workspaces like that. Um, what's that? Like that WeWork thing and the fancy gyms and all that. 
And so there's everything possible with a gym. Just remember, what is the real reason you're going? And if it's about fitness, you don't have to spend a zillion dollars a month. And speaking of spending, your employer may subsidize or comp your gym membership. They may have a deal with the chain. If you have health insurance, many times your health insurance will either comp a health club or they'll have discounts for one that make it really cheap. I mean, the obvious reason both the employer and the health insurers are trying to reduce the cost of medical bills that you would run up. And they know if you get into a regular fitness program, a regular exercise program, that your days of absenteeism and your medical bills go way down. And so that's why you want to look and see if there's any deals out there. Uh, Sometimes you can, if you have a flexible spending account, you may be able to use that for a gym membership. There are different things you can do that take this cost down, 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 down. And Krista, you are somebody who is really into classes. Mm -hmm. Classes were really in before the pandemic. They've come back. And how many different kinds of fitness classes do you do every week? 65? No, I probably I like to do spin and then I do yoga. I do like a yoga sculpt, which is like with light weights and then some strength. So probably like four a week, different kinds of classes. So, and my gym is a boutique gym. Ooh, a boutique gym. Which that means it's small. Fancy. I guess really what that means is it's small, but they do the spin, the competitive spin, and um, these different classes, and it's ninety nine a month for unlimited. So it's not one of your it's not one of your cheaper ones. But in my mind, I feel like I'm willing to spend money on that and go out to eat, you know, one last day a month because health is so important. Go somewhere where you're motivated to go and enjoy working out. I think is really important if you can do it. It's totally worth it. So I got to tell a story I've not told in years. So Krista, I think this was the same boutique gym you're yes. talking about. It's called Burn. <laughs> so Krista was trying to win some kind of contest. And part of it was to get other people in for a free spin class. Mm-hmm. And so I went, so you could win this contest. Did you win the contest? Yeah, my team won. Actually, uh, they're doing another one now. And I could bring you in and I could win a sweatshirt. Yeah. So no chance. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I'm there doing this and I work out every day, right? But I'm not like Krista who could be on one of those ESPN, the Ocho things, like pulling boulders behind that her or something. Insane. I mean, no, you, I mean, off. you are, you do, you do really extreme fitness. And so I'm on this bike. And it's an ultra competitive place. And they're like saying, faster, faster. Hey, you, you everybody has like some they're kind of made up name. encouraging everyone. Like, yo, you got and this. So, like, So I'm about dying on this bike in this spin class. And they're playing music really loud and all this stuff. And so it's over. And you say, wasn't that fun? And I look at you like I was going to kill you. Because <laughs> you got to find the exercise that works for you. You do. You do. And so... My mind's working all the time. So when I'm exercising, it's for me, it's like to chill and, you know, just 
and being in that hyper competitive thing well you were a competitive athlete in college and high school and all that and so you're definitely exaggerating but thank you <laughs> i just think I'm, it's fun I'm, i do I'm i think it's fun and it does encourage me to work harder in those cl- but i do yoga and other classes that are zero competitive too okay. you do yoga I do namaste. Yeah, I do yoga twice anyway, a week. I probably should get to, to these questions. This one's a little bit of a math question. So I've given you some bullet points uh, to go along with this. It's from someone that said they are needing advice in New Jersey. I'm working towards paying down debt. I have a new card with 0% transfer for 21 months with a $5,000 limit. And here's what they owe. $2,100 on a 29% interest card. Okay, I got to look at your list here. Okay. And then a couple of cards, which add up to 2,100 additional dollars. 3,100. 3,100 additional dollars on cards with 26% interest. 1,400 on a 25% APR. And then 3,200 on a card that has 0% interest that expires in December. Should I consider a low interest loan to consolidate the debt? Should I transfer higher interest debt to the 0% card? I'm taking your advice to use only cash, and my goal is to be debt-free except for my mortgage and car within the next two years. So needing advice in New Jersey, most important thing is the last thing you said. Everything else is just a tactic because what is so important is you know you've got these debts, you're wheezing on them, you got 8,300 in debt is what I'm guessing this all adds up to. So... By going to cash, it means you're reducing your expenses so much. Your target is clear to be debt-free in two years. So now it's just what is the right tactical moves. So you got 21 months with the $5,000 balance transfer. You can't use that card, obviously, for anything or you mess up the 0%. So I'm looking at your numbers, 2100 So you could take almost... The entire, no, actually, you have more debt than that, right? 21, 52, 9,800. All right, so you got a fair amount there, but the 3,200, at least right now, is on a zero that expires in a few months. So of the rest of it, you want to take, obviously, the 29% card, put it against that $5,000 limit for 21 months, and then take the 1,600, wipe it out, you can wipe out most of the 1500 So you're going to take basically most of three of those cards, and you're going to get them at 0% for 21 months. And that's going to mean every dollar you pay against them moving forward will go directly towards principal, no interest. So what about the 1400 at 25%? That one needs to be your highest priority for paying everything you can to work that balance down. Then on the $5,000 with the 21 months, pay only the minimums on those that'll be at 0%. The 3,200 you have, I don't know from what you've said what the interest rate's going to spring to when you hit December, but that would be a point that if you can get another balance transfer offer and move a substantial amount of that, that would be what you're about. But what's so key and so important, you don't need a personal loan, anything like that. You're doing what counts. You're paying down the debt aggressively. That's your goal. You're going to do so over two years. And 
reducing the amount of interest carry on it, which you've done with the $5,000 balance transfer you've set up, is going to make a huge difference. I'd like to hear from you at the six-month mark and hear where you are and see if there's any other suggestions I could give to you. But the most important thing, cash only, as you get through this process. Matt in North Carolina says, Clark, please talk about the issues with online car sellers. I purchased a car from one, and after 100 emails, daily phone calls, Uh, filing complaints with the BBB and Texas Attorney General, and posts to their social media, I finally received my registration and plates after six months. There was a complete lack of communication and delivery issues, and I can only reach a customer, no service rep. I take your advice on everything, but you missed the mark here. The car is otherwise fine, but I would never go through the stress of this again. Matt, I am really, really sorry about the problems you've had with this online seller. By the way, I will say this is not Carvana, who we've had so many problems about. It's a much smaller one that I think that's the first time we've ever Mm -hmm. heard a complaint about them. But there's been a terrible issue that has undermined the credibility of buying cars on an app on your phone And that is, when they have screwed up on titles, they have messed up on titles. You know, that's why Carvana had their privilege of selling vehicles in so many jurisdictions shut down because people were having this same problem that you've had, Matt. And so the title problem isn't unique to the online sellers. It's happened and we've had complaints about traditional dealers with somebody unable to get a title. The responsibility goes back to the states and lifting dealer licenses when these problems occur. And I'm really, really sorry that you went through all this unbelievable hassle. You could have been issued tickets over time by police officers for having expired plates or tags. And I'm just glad that it's resolved now, and I'm really sorry you went through all these problems. Okay, and ending on a fun note from Beth in Ohio, my tip, when going on vacation or out of your home for a period of time, call your cable company to put a hold and turn off your Wi-Fi. I do this throughout the year, and it really saves a lot of money. There may be a small fee and minimum of days, but it's well worth the savings. Also, remember to put other services on hold if possible. Beth, that is a great suggestion, and it's something that almost nobody does. It's a great way to save money. Now, I still, I know this sounds like I truly did live in the era of the dinosaurs. I still get printed newspapers in addition to all the stuff I read online, and I stop them when I go out of town, and now one of them no longer gives a credit Mm -hmm. for the vacation holes. They just keep the money, but generally that's a way to say, but you think about all the services that we have that if we go out of town frequently, that if we put a vacation hold on them, we will save money just like Beth. And Beth, thank you for the suggestion. And I want to thank you for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast and just know whatever money battles you face, with inflation, and as the economy goes through whatever economic cycle it's going through now, I want you to know we've got your back. We are here for you. We are here to serve you. 
in whatever format works for you, whether it's social media, websites, newsletters, podcasts, if you see me on television where you live, if you hear me during drive time on radio where you live. YouTube. We're doing this on YouTube. The idea is to reach you where it's most comfortable and convenient for you to be reached, to have the information that you can put to work in your life, including this podcast. Have a great day.